It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We're so grateful that uh, you decided to make uh, Impact City your church this morning. Hopefully, you'll make, your, uh, make it your official home later. But for now, we thank you for visiting us this morning. And so uh, you may be seated this morning. We're going to jump into our scripture in a little bit. Um, but I don't know about you. How many of you had a good time yesterday? I told my wife, I was like, next year we're not doing anything that involves picking up anything because my back is. <laughs> so all of you knew you, nobody told me. All, all of you already knew, or like, no, he's the newbie. Let, let him figure it out on his own. Well, thank you. Lesson learned for sure. But we got home, we're like, oh my God, we felt like, you know, 65, 75 years old and everything's popping and everything. Uh, but we're so grateful that you guys joined us yesterday. For those that volunteered, we thank you for your time. For those that came, uh, it was a blast. Uh, last year, we came as visitors, and then this year, we were actually volunteering. So God is good. Uh, yeah, God is good. You never know what God has in store for you, right? You never know what God has in store for you. And so welcome to Impact City. We are delighted you decided to join us. Uh, as you guys all know, and as Pastor already said, we're, we're in a series entitled Heroes. And we have talked about some people in the Bible that more than just being popular, right, or the most known, they have been the people that inspire us, they challenge us. And really, even though it was, it was in a different time in which they lived in, we can still glean something from them. We can still learn something from them. And so our stable verse throughout the whole series has been, you know it, Hebrews 12.1. It says, therefore, if you know it, say it with me, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Amen. And so today is week seven of this series, and we're almost to the end of the series that I know has been a blessing to many, okay, uh, especially when it comes to small groups. I don't know about you, but some of these questions, man, they've gotten, you know, deep. They've gotten personal, and so it's a, it's a good time to break out of the, you know, the just the, the box or break the ice rather and really get into some deep questions and, 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 and just have a safe space where people can share uh, a little bit of their of their life of their testimony and so because it has led to some deep questions and at the same time uh, to know that if that particular person that was able to get to a place where God could still use them in spite of then there's hope for us there's hope for you uh, and so let me ask you have you ever felt stuck yes all right have you ever felt as if in life you were at a crossroads and I'm going to show my age here because every time I see the word crossroads, there's a, there's a certain band. <laughs> enough said. Enough said, right? Okay. Moving along. Have you ever felt... <laughs> All right. Have, have you ever felt as if the journey you are in has taken a lot longer to finish than what you initially thought? Or have you ever been in the middle of making a life-changing decision? Right? More... more Deeper than, do I want cheese or no cheese? Right? Deeper than that, deeper than that. Have you ever been in the midst of the crowds and yet within you feel alone? And have you ever felt as if life has come to a halt or, or you feel stagnant or you feel stuck? You feel stuck. How about in traffic? Anybody ever been stuck in traffic before? Right? And you're trying to get home to watch that show? What a joy, isn't it? What? A, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Anybody ever been stuck in an airport due to a flight cancellation? 
Great stuff, right? Nothing like it. No greater feeling in the world. I wish everyone could feel what it feels like. And if I can just capture it and put it in the bag, I would give it to everybody during Christmas, right? In fact, if we go through, if we go through life and we never get stuck or feel like we're stuck or stagnant, that, that would be just a wonderful thing. But sometimes we feel like we're at this place called nowhere. Ever been there? Sometimes we feel like we're at this place called nowhere. And one thing we, we want to leave clear this morning is being stuck doesn't mean you stop. Being stuck doesn't mean you stop, but it's just the opposite of that. Being or feeling stuck means you start again and again and again until the things turn around for you. In physical conditioning, they refer to it as a plateau, right? You've hit a plateau, which means not just not much is changing. And so the antidote to do that is to change up your routine. And some are stuck between point A and point C, and you find yourself in point B. You feel stuck. Maybe, maybe stuck emotionally, maybe stuck relationally, maybe stuck financially, and yes, maybe stuck spiritually. And so the story we're going to cover this morning is the story of Jacob. And so let me just let you in on a little secret today. We're, we're going to go through a particular portion of his story. And at the end, we're going to give you all the answers. Okay, so I'm, I'm like that substitute teacher that came in. And you guys have a test the next day, right? And the substitute teacher says, you know what? We're not even, I'm not even going to do the lesson. I'm just going to give you all the answers. You know, that favorite substitute teacher. So I'm going to be that this morning. At the end, we're going to give you all the answers. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Genesis chapter 28. We're going to read a few verses, actually. So buckle up. 10 through 22. <laughs> Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 22. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. All right, and it goes like this. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. The sun had set. There's a play on words there somewhere. Sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and he put it at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, and the land on which you lie. I will give it to you and your descendants, and also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south, and, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And behold, I will... I, will, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Let me stop right there because someone needs to hear that this morning. Hear the Lord telling you this morning. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. For I will not leave you, says the Lord, until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob arose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place 
place Bethel, but the name of that city had been loose previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Wow. Yeah. You know, the life of Jacob is so rich in content. I mean, we can extract so many lessons uh, just from the life of Jacob before he even becomes Israel. I mean, just dissecting the life of Jacob is inspiring. Inspiring? Yes. Here's why. This guy was all kinds of messed up. All right. All kinds of crazy. He tricked his brother not once but twice. But wait, there's more. He lied to his own dad and stole the blessing that belonged to Esau, his brother. But wait, there's more. Stole it from his father-in-law. Okay, But at the end of it all, he is known as one of the pillars of our faith. It's why we read throughout Scripture the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. And Jacob. And so because he was all kinds of crazy, you know that somebody like that, it gives me hope that maybe and hopefully I can please God as well and bring glory to his name. And so we can relate to many people in scripture, probably more those found in the Old Testament. We can relate to Moses who, when he saw the injustice of his people, as we heard last week, being mistreated, he took matters into his own hands and it ended up making matters worse. Guilty. We can relate to Abraham when he lied about his wife being his sister because since she was so beautiful, he thought that once Pharaoh laid eyes on her, he would want her as his wife. And so he lies. Have you ever told a lie? Guilty. We can relate to David that after committing a sin, he tries to cover it up and act like nothing ever happened. But then God uses the prophet Nathan to bring it to his attention and that he needs to make it right. How many of us have ever covered something up instead of confessing it? We, we choose to rather cover it up than confess. We can relate to Sarai that when she sneaks her way in close enough to overhear when the men tell Abram that he's going to be a father and Sarai is going to be a mother. She laughed at the impossibility of that miracle. We can relate to Gideon that he doesn't believe that God is with him and then he's going to be a great warrior because when God calls him, he's actually hiding from the enemy and not on the battlefield. We can relate to Peter who was bold and outspoken, loud. Peter who at times spoke before thinking what he was about to say. Peter who when Jesus is taken captive, he denies him in being his disciple. And out of the 66 books of the Bible and the countless of people in the scripture, there's only one that can relate to you and me, and that's Jesus. We can relate to them, but there's only one that can relate to us, and that's Jesus. And so the character of Jacob is rich in content because we can pick a particular season of his life to relate uh, to uh, of his life and even relate to it then. And it's crazy to think that although this happened many moons ago, we can relate to them even now. And so the story goes that Jacob has lied to his dad saying that he was Esau. Here we go. Here's the journey. And although this particular part of the story, his mom is the mastermind behind this because she heard Isaac, her husband, tell Esau 
Esau, the son, to go get him some gain and cook it for him. And then he would receive his blessing. And so Rebecca tells Jacob, and when she gets, and she gets goat's skin and puts it on Jacob's arms and neck, because that's how Esau was. He was a hairy man. And Jacob comes to Isaac, and Isaac, sorry, Isaac, who is now old of age, and his sight is all but gone from him. He asked, who is this? And Jacob responds, it's me, Esau. And Isaac gets Jacob, the father gets Jacob's arm and he says, hear me, it feels like Esau, but you sound like Jacob. It feels like Esau, but you sound like Jacob. You, you know those moments, those moments that what you're feeling isn't what you're saying. And what you're saying isn't what you're feeling. You say you're okay, but you really feel empty. You say everything is fine, but everything is actually falling apart. You say you're, you're blessed, but you feel broken. You say, yeah, I'm here for you. Whatever you need, just let me know. But what you really feel is you would wish someone would tell you those exact words because the weight on your shoulder seems a little too much right now. You feel like Esau, but you sound... You sound like Jacob. And Isaac, the dad, again questions and says, is this really Esau? And Jacob responds, it is. And so now, not only has he taken Esau's birthright, but now he's also taking Esau's blessing, his own brothers. And Jacob knows this isn't going to sit well with Esau. And Esau comes home from hunting and he takes it to Isaac, his father. And, and Isaac tells him what took place. And Esau, of course, is not happy about it. In fact, the scripture says that he says, as soon as dad passes away, I'm going after Jacob. And so both Isaac and Rebekah advised Jacob to, to leave, to go to Padanaram where Rebekah's brother Laban is. And so Jacob leaves point A and he's on his way to point C. And as he flees for his life, he gets a bit tired and he decides, and he decides to exit the next rest area. He hadn't reached his destination, but he had already left point A, but he, he had not reached point C. And Jacob decides to stop to stay at point be. But Jacob was different though from the rest because Jacob is a man with determination. Whatever he wants, he, he's going to find a way to get it. If that means stealing, deceiving someone, whatever it takes, Jacob was that kind of guy. He, he couldn't be trusted. He could not be trusted. He, Jacob was also a man that was always 100 miles an hour in his mind. He was always thinking ahead and, and what would be his next move. And I mean, part of that was because he deceived so many people. He always had to be on the move and looking over his shoulder. But Jacob was busy, maybe too busy. You know, not you, but someone you know, someone on your row. They're, they're just too busy. In fact, they already have this whole week planned out. In fact, you're already looking forward to next week. And even though this weekend hasn't even ended yet, Jacob was busy, but he wasn't effective. As a son, he wasn't effective. And busyness doesn't mean you're being effective. It almost seems as if Jacob had the mentality of, I have to provide for myself. I must, I have to, I need to, which isn't a bad thing. But when you're cheating other people and deceiving other people just so that you can have what you want because you don't want to do things lawfully, then there's a problem. Jacob, my friends, was selfish. It's safe to say that Jacob was a selfish man. And, and so the reason you feel stuck might not even be 
that you don't know what to do at the crossroads or stuck, but it could be that you need, you need to sleep. You need to sleep. So tell the person next to you, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Not right now. <laughs> but go to sleep. <laughs> and, uh, and on his way to point C, something causes him to stay at point B. Not stop, but it says that he stayed there the night. And he, he, it says he stayed there because the sun had set. He stayed there because the sun had set. What he didn't know yet was that there was a spiritual, stay with me, what he didn't know, he went to sleep, but what he didn't know was that there was a spiritual awakening about to take place in his life that would change the rest of his life. Jacob is something else, though. He, he, he does what a God-fearing man or woman would do when there's a decision that has to be made, right? A type of decision that can alter the course of your life, a type of decision that can affect those around you. So what does Jacob do? Well, well, he does what you and I would do. He does what you and I have done often. He, he's out in the desert with a very important decision to make, hanging in the balance, fleeing for his life, not knowing for sure if he'll even be accepted in, accepted in Laban's house. And Jacob, Jacob, who, who later became Israel, Jacob, the one who had 12 sons, who later became the 12 tribes of Israel, Jacob, who wrestles with the angel of the Lord and wins. Jacob, makes the best decision ever and he decides to go to sleep isn't it crazy how much of Jacob's life and, and even mannerisms we can relate to I mean how many of us here well in the middle of nowhere in the middle of making a life-changing decision that people are waiting for you to make that they're waiting for your cue whether they move or not move in the middle of a burdensome decision you say I know it's important and I know there's even a timeline and even a deadline but first but first let me let me go to sleep bet let me let me go to sleep and Jacob was thinking, I need to do this and that, and I need to go there so that I don't get hurt here. But what he really needed was some sleep, some sleep. And I just might say to you this morning that, that in all your busyness, what you really need is some sleep, some sleep. You already know an acronym is coming. You need some sleep. You need to stay long enough to experience his presence stay long enough to experience his presence see Jacob wasn't literally stuck but Jacob was stuck as Jacob and the moment was coming in his life that he would no longer be Jacob but he would be Israel but in order to get to Israel Jacob has to experience stay with me Jacob has to experience and encounter God before the exchange can take place and oftentimes before the exchange happens you will experience and encounter the thing so that you know that it's worth having let me break it down to you. Pre-COVID, of course, before you would buy the prepared meals that the stores would offer, they would give you a sample of what you were thinking of buying so that you knew how it tastes. They would give you a sample so that you knew what you were getting when you paid for it. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Come to me is the experience. I will give you rest is the exchange. 
experience exchange. And before Jacob could become Israel, there had to be an experience that would prepare him uh, for an encounter that would eventually lead to an exchange. And so maybe the reason you haven't obtained that exchange is because you're too busy to have that experience. But the experience comes before the exchange. You need to stay long enough to experience his presence. If you're like me, we're so, we become professionals at one-sided conversations that we actually call prayers, but we tell God our wish list and what we need and what we want, and we say amen, and we leave, and we don't even bother to stay long enough to hear his answer. We need to stay long enough to experience his presence. You need to go to sleep. And Jacob ends up falling asleep. Stay with me. But in that sleep, he experiences he experiences. An awakening. And God is showing him what is happening in the spiritual realm and promises him that, God, that Jacob will enjoy the promises that God made to his father Isaac and his grandfather Abraham. The experience that took place at point B was preparing him for the encounter and exchange at point C. Because up until this point, Jacob is all about himself. But when he gets to point C, Padanaram, he will lay eyes on Rachel and fall in love. And Jacob stayed long enough to experience his presence at point B to prepare him. Because at point C, he would encounter love. And true love is selfless, not selfish. True love is selfless and not selfish. And Jacob up to this point has been all selfish and Jacob was all about providing for himself and now he would make it uh, and how he how he would make it and how he would survive by his by his own abilities but if Jacob doesn't sleep he doesn't see God's provision for him why because in the dream he sees angels ascending and descending meaning they were bringing something from heaven to earth God's provision and you're wondering, how, how are we going to survive? And I'm wondering, how am I going to survive? The answer is simple. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. If you don't sleep, you'll miss the awakening. If you don't sleep, you'll miss the awakening. If Jacob doesn't sleep, maybe he doesn't see Rachel as the one. Maybe he misses out on the love of his life. Because you must know that in the presence of God, not only are our hearts changed, but so is our perspective, how we see. And so obstacles are now opportunities. Struggles will stretch us to find our strength. Rejection is actually protection in disguise. And setbacks are a setup for a comeback. You know it. And Jacob seemed too busy trying to provide for himself. That he was missing the fact that God had promised his dad that he would take care of his descendants and that they would never like anything. I wonder that if in our busyness we're missing out on God's promises. I wonder that if in our busyness we're missing out on God's promises. You know, lately God has been dealing with me concerning his presence. And, and even though Jacob stays the night there at point B and sleeps, he stayed there long enough to experience his presence. That when he wakes up, he knows right away that something is different in that place. And he says, surely the presence of the Lord was here and I knew it not. But that's not even the crazy part. The crazy part is that while he is sweet dreaming, instead of Esau catching up, 
to him or, or God allowing some vagabonds or nomads to find him and, and beat him up and take everything he had, that doesn't happen. What does happen is God gives him a dream, not a nightmare, but he gives him a dream, a vision. He gives him insight to what is happening in the spiritual world. And, he, and he's able to see a ladder with angels ascending and descending. There's a transaction that is taking place between heaven and earth. And so God gives him a dream. And while he is sleeping in the middle of nowhere, running for his life because he has stolen from his own brother, not just the birthright, but also the blessing. But that's not even the craziest part of the story because it gets even more interesting. God not only gives him a dream, a vision, not only does Jacob see angels riding the celestial escalator, but God gives him some direct words of assurance of protection and of overcoming. Are you serious, God? Jacob doesn't deserve that. If anything, I think Esau deserves that, those words. He's the one that keeps getting the raw end of the deal here. Are you sure those words were meant for Jacob? And this is what it says, verse 13 through 15. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Jacob doesn't deserve that. I think you would agree with me that Jacob doesn't deserve that. The master manipulator doesn't deserve that kind of assurance, protection, and that promise of overcoming. And so let me say this real quick. God isn't fair. God isn't fair. If he was, you and I would get what we truly deserve. And I don't know about you, but that would not bode well for me. God is merciful. God is just, but he is merciful. And it doesn't make sense to me that God would deal with Jacob, the master manipulator in this manner. What has Jacob done to deserve such goodness in the life, in his life on behalf of God? Jacob hasn't even reached point C because he's stuck at point B. But he's already experiencing the blessing of God in his life. Why? Because in the middle of nowhere for us is the right place for God to show up. In the middle of nowhere for us is the right place for God to show up. And God will show up in the least expected places, not just because, but because in those least expected places is where you and I find ourselves in sometimes. No, you didn't plan it, but life drifted you that way. And it's those moments where we say, how did I get here? How did my life turn into this? least expected places but that's where God shows up see the same voice that called Elijah out from the cave is the same voice that called Lazarus out from his grave at times it won't be in the midst of crowds where you'll hear his voice or in a service but it'll be in a cave all by yourself Jacob has left point A and he's and he's on his way to point C but he finds himself in point B the place he later he later named Bethel house of God in doorway to heaven. Point B prepared him for point C. And so maybe you're not stuck. You feel stuck, but maybe what is happening right now in your life is preparing you for point C for your next season. But you won't receive the exchange unless you go through the experience first. 
but you have to stay long enough to experience his presence. And Jacob places his head on a rock, which can be a good thing, by the way, if you really want to have a good night's rest, we would agree. It's uncomfortable. But what Jacob is showing you and I, stay with me this morning, is that even in the most uncomfortable moments and seasons of our lives, God can be the rock in which we stand on to know that our foundation won't sink and it won't be swept away despite the storms that come our way. That Jesus is a sure foundation. And even when we feel stuck and in a place called nowhere, we won't stop because we know that a turnaround, a turnaround can happen in a split second. Jacob had a turnaround moment and you can have a turnaround moment. And once you do, the only direction to move in is forward. It's forward because point A isn't your destination anymore. Point B isn't even your destination either. Point C is your destination. And in closing this morning, if the team would help me, God will show up in the least expected places. Let me remind you that before he was known Jesus, before he was known as Savior of the world, he was known as a friend of sinners. Least expected places. And if we can learn to give him the space needed, even while we find ourselves in a place called nowhere, in a place called nowhere, we will come to realize that God is now here. God is now here. He is the God that meets us here. The God that meets you there, wherever here is for you or wherever there is for you, God is there. And sometimes the best place to be is a place called nowhere. Because it's in that place where the sun sets. Where the sun sets. And I want to let you know that what is happening now is only preparing you for what is to come. So the onus is on you and it's on me. See, Jacob had the experience before the exchange. And maybe most of us find ourselves wanting the exchange, waiting for the exchange, but not wanting the experience. I want the benefits, Jesus, but I don't, I don't want to commit my life to you. But the turnaround moment happens in the experience. Let me say that again. The turnaround moment happens in the experience and maybe that's why you feel stuck at point b maybe that's why we feel stuck at point b maybe we feel like like these these turtles maybe we feel like these turtles Have you ever felt like everybody else is getting the break you've worked so hard for? Like everybody's moving on and enjoying life and happy as can be. Seems like everyone around you is getting married and you find yourself still waiting for the one. We, we feel like everybody's just moving along. And we feel stuck in the experience. It seems like everyone knows what they're supposed to do in their lives and you're still trying to figure out if God is even real. 
you feel like Esau, right? Someone else is living the life you've always wanted. And you think that there's no hope for you anymore, that God wouldn't even dare look your way because the baggage you carry is so overwhelming. And we feel, we feel like that turtle. It's like everybody's, everybody's got their life together. And you find yourself by yourself and stuck and wondering if this is it. Is this how the rest of my life is going to be? But can I tell you, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't you dare stop at point B. Hear me, don't stop. Don't you dare stop. You've come too far to give up now. You've seen his goodness. You've seen his goodness to doubt him now. You've experienced his presence before. Is it to say that God does not love me? Don't you dare stop when the reality is it's just the start. But you got, you don't stop. You stay. You stay there long enough to experience his presence. Maybe it's just because God wants a little alone time with you. Just one on one. But the experience happens in a turnaround. Eventually the tide will turn in your favor. Eventually the tide will turn in your favor. <laughs> and you're not stuck in that situation anymore. Don't stop at point B. Point B is in your destination. You've already left point A and you're all your way to point C. Yes, it feels like people are ahead of you. And yes, it feels like you're behind, but don't stop. The turnaround can happen. Eventually the tide turns in your favor. So what can we learn from the life of Jacob? Five things. What can we learn from the life of Jacob? Here's the answer. Number one, the calling is greater than the circumstances. The calling is greater than the circumstances. Number two, God is merciful enough to step into your mess. God is merciful enough to step into your mess. Number three, his promises are not a result of what we do, but on who he is. Number four, a true experience leads to a transaction and exchange. A true experience leads to a transaction and exchange. Jacob says, the presence of the Lord was here and I knew it not. And he's never the same after that night. Number five, your nowhere is actually now here. When we give God space in the middle of our lives, the nowhere actually becomes now here. He is there with you. And I know, I know what it feels like to leave point A, to leave the person you used to be and be on a journey to find yourself and become a better person, a better husband, a better spouse, a better father. And somewhere along the journey, you find yourself at point B longer than you'd like to be. And point C at this juncture of life seems like it's just so unattainable. But just like the video we saw, eventually the tide turns in your favor. But you cannot give up. You cannot allow discouragement to keep you there. I know it seems like you're behind. You're behind in life. You're behind in every area of life. It seems like that. But maybe God just desires a little more time with you. Just, just you and him. Just you and him. And in the middle of nowhere to show you that I am here now with you. <laughs> Jacob, the master manipulator, 
becomes this hero of faith for us now. And if there was hope for Jacob, there's hope for you, there's hope for me. And on this journey to become better disciples, better followers of Jesus, better husbands and spouses and fathers, may we never be too in a rush, too busy, that we miss God's promises for our lives. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Stay long enough to experience his presence. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? And Lord, we just thank you for the life of Jacob. Lord, for choosing, uh, to choose, for choosing to use a life like Jacob, Lord. All kinds of messed up, all kinds of crazy. A manipulator, Lord, a deceiver. Stole it from his own brother, stole it from his own household, Lord. His, he lied to his own dad. And yet he came to a place, Lord, where you met him and everything changed. And maybe that hasn't been the journey for us. Maybe it's been different, but we carry some wounds, some scars. We carry the baggage, Lord. And may we get to a place where you meet us, where everything changes, God, where everything changes for us, that we would stay low long enough to experience your presence. Because it's in your presence that everything changes for us. That there's no magic words. There's not a, a magical potion that we can drink, Lord. It's, it's being in your presence, Lord. The psalmist says that some things didn't make sense until I stepped into your presence. So may we step into your presence, Lord. May you meet us here. We thank you for Jacob, Lord, who later became Israel. We thank you for meeting us here, Lord, and that everyone would know that they're not too far, that you cannot reach them, Lord, that the baggage is, is, is too heavy, that you cannot lift them, lift it up from, Lord, from them. I pray that they would release some things this morning. God, that they, if they identify themselves as Jacob, Lord, that they would leave feeling like Israel, Lord. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for this house, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we give the, the Lord some, some praise and worship this morning?